0: If we or one of our family members struggle with unexplained depression or anxiety or phobia or OCD or something we can't explain, we need to shake the family tree and see what falls out.
1: That's Mark Woollen and this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello! And welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. I am grateful for you tuning in with me today. And we have another great one in store for you. And this one is very. Intriguing because our featured speaker talks about inherited trauma, which is basically the impact that your parents went through or your grandparents went through that could have possibly been passed down to you. Very intriguing, very fascinating topic that, that I hope can help people get some more clarity and insight while on their healing journey. So without further ado, here is one of the leaders in the field of inherited family trauma and the 2016 winner of the Silver Nautilus Book Award in Psychology, Mr. Mark Woollen. Enjoy.
0: About 26 years ago, I began to lose the vision in one of my eyes. I was diagnosed with a chronic form of retinopathy and there was no cure And the way it was progressing, the doctors told me to expect that I would likely lose the vision in the other eye as well. And faces were now a gray blur and road signs I couldn't read. And everything I tried, hands-on healing, supplements, juice fasts, all seemed to make things worse. My worst fear, was coming true. I'd go blind. I'd be unable to take care of myself. I'd fall apart. My life would be ruined. These sentences would serve to be the key to my healing. I just didn't know it at the time. They echoed traumas that had taken place in my family history, long before I was born. So here I was. I'm losing more and more vision each day. I'm terrified, I'm desperate to make sense of what's happening to me. I leave my work, I leave my relationship, I leave my city, and I go on a search for healing, a search that takes me halfway around the world, as far as Indonesia, where I'm learning from some very wise spiritual masters, spiritual teachers, I'm sitting at the feet of gurus, I'm, I'm chanting, I'm fasting, I'm meditating for days on end. one time I was sat on a cushion for three days and nights without blindfolded, ear-plugged Seventy-two hours, no sleep, small bowl of rice in the morning, water. To come to know the madness of the mind, that was the goal. I discovered the madness of my mind was worst-case scenario thinking. That if I could just worry hard enough, I could insulate myself from what I feared most. So it was during this time that I had a satsang, a meeting with a spiritual master, and I waited in line all day, and eight hours, and by the time I get to the front of the line, I'm thinking he's going to commend me for being this awesome meditator. Of course, I'm just moments away from total enlightenment. But instead, he looks right at me. Actually, I should say he looks right through me. And he could see what I couldn't see. And he said, go home and call your parents. <laughs> now, I was pretty livid, as you can imagine, because I had given my parents up for spiritual parents, divine parents, better parents, all these spiritually wonderful men and women who are guiding me to the next level of awakening. So I figured he was wrong, and I, and I sought out even a greater spiritual master, one who imbued hundreds of people with his heavenly love all day long, and some waiting in line again all day. And I get to the front of the line, and the exact same words, go home and make peace with your parents. Well, this time I listened. But I just had no idea how I was going to do this. My relationship with them was entirely broken. In order to heal with them, I had to heal the inherited family trauma, though I didn't know it at the time. All the anxiety that I had inherited from my grandparents who were all orphaned in some way. Each of them lost their moms when they were infants. Well, three of them lost their moms as infants and one lost her dad at one and ultimately her mom's attention because her mom's grieving. And this pattern of this terror, this anxiety of being broken from a mother's love, this is what passed down in my family and the terror and the anxiety that lived in my body. This was the real cause of my vision loss. I remember being a small boy, maybe five or six, running into my mother's room whenever she'd leave the house. I'm panicked, and I'm going through her drawers, and I'm pulling out her stockings, her nightgowns, her her scarves, and I'm breathing in the scent because I'm never gonna see her again, which is the truth for all my grandparents. And here this is two generations later. Forty years later, I tell my mom what I used to do, you know, cry into her clothes. And she said, honey, you did that too? I did the exact same thing when my mother left the house. And my sister, just reading my book, calls me and says, honey, you did that too? And I'm realizing that We all did the same thing. After healing this broken bond with my mother, my vision came back and I felt compelled to teach these principles that I had learned and ultimately developed a method for healing the effects of inherited family trauma. The latest epigenetic research tells us this is true, that when a trauma happens, a chemical change happens in our DNA, and this can change the way our genes function, sometimes for generations. Technically, there's a chemical signal, a chemical tag, an epigenetic tag that It happens like this reaction in our DNA and the DNA communicates to the cell and says, use this gene, ignore this gene. And then the way our genes are affected can change how we act or feel. For example, we can become sensitive or reactive to situations that are similar to the original trauma For example, if our grandparents were born in a war-torn country, they could pass forward a skill set of sharper reflexes, quicker reaction times, to deal with the trauma that they experienced. But the problem is we can inherit a stress response with the dial turned all the way up to 10 waiting for a trauma that never happens. And these gene changes and the continuous stress can be harmful to our body like it was for my eye. These gene changes, these are the culprit, you see. And we're now learning that they can be transmitted to our children and to even our children's children. Scientists have long suspected that something like this was happening. But it wasn't until about 10 years ago that this neuroscientist from Mount Sinai Medical in New York, Rachel Yehuda, discovered that Holocaust survivors and their children shared the same trauma symptoms, specifically the low levels of cortisol. That's the stress hormone that gets us back to normal after a stressful event. She also discovered a similar pattern in babies that were born to pregnant mothers who were at or near the World Trade Center when it was attacked during 9-11. And when these mothers went on to develop PTSD, their kids had 16 different genetic markers, low levels of cortisol, etc., etc., symptoms like the mother's. Just last year, she discovered that traumatized survivors and their children share the exact same gene changes in the exact same region of the same gene. Technically, the FKBP5 gene which is involved in post-traumatic stress disorder. She tells us that you and I are three times more likely to have post-traumatic stress disorder if one of our parents had PTSD. And as a result, we're likely to struggle with depression or anxiety. I once worked with this woman, she was consumed with anxiety as soon as she became a new mother. She had no anxiety prior. But when she's pregnant, she's absolutely out of her mind. And so, using some of the questions I outline in my book, we determined that she had this horrific fear that she would harm her new baby. And I asked her the obvious, did you ever... Harm a a baby? No. Did anyone in your family ever harm a baby? No. Wait a minute, she said. Oh my God, my grandmother, when she was a young woman, she lit a candle, caught the curtains on fire. The house caught on fire. Her baby was upstairs. She couldn't get her baby out. Her baby died, but we were never allowed to talk about it. She had inherited her grandmother's fear The feeling that she could harm her baby, and it struck once she became pregnant. Now, I'd like to take you back to the beginning with me. Twenty some years ago, I was working, I worked with a lot of self injurers, and I was working with this cutter. I'll call her Sarah. And Sarah, the way she cut that was unusual is she would cut into her arm, or her abdomen, or her legs, so deeply that she would almost bleed to death. And her mom and her dad would have to take her to the hospital, and she'd be put into a psych ward for weeks at a time. She would almost bleed to death when she'd cut. So I asked her, Sarah, What do you think about right before you cut? Right as you're holding the razor blade, what are you thinking? And she said, I deserve to die? Now, I'm looking at a 24-year-old woman whose life had just begun. And I say, Sarah, what have you done? Did you harm somebody? Did you accidentally cause an accident? Somebody got hurt? Did you... Leave somebody and they killed themselves. She said, no, no, nothing like that. So I did what I was trained to do. I looked at a relationship with her mother. Brilliant. Great relationship. I looked at her attachment with her, her mother. Secure. Strong. I looked at a relationship with her dad. Loving. She was able to receive love from both of her parents. I was flummoxed. And then I said, tell me about your grandparents. And then she dropped the bomb. She said, my grandmother was an alcoholic and she was driving the car drunk with my grandfather in the passenger seat and she hit into a pole and my grandfather got cut, lacerated as he went through the windshield and died before the ambulance could get there. And in that moment, we made a crucial connection. In that moment, when she cut herself It was from the grandfather, like the grandfather. When she felt she deserved to die, whose feeling was that? Yes, of course, the grandmother. Most of us have trauma in our family history, yet not everyone manifests inherited family trauma. Why is that? Why do some people seem to relive And others don't what makes these traumas repeat epigenetics is just one piece of the puzzle what I found is what seems to anchor these traumas what creates these repetitions is when traumas aren't talked about when the healing is incomplete when people are excluded or rejected and the pain, and the grief, and the shame, and the embarrassment, and the anger is too great, and there's no healing, there's no resolution. And when this happens, aspects of these traumas can show up in later generations. Unconsciously, we'll repeat the pattern or share a similar unhappiness so that ultimately, it has, this trauma has another chance to heal. I believe that the contraction in a trauma is ultimately looking for its expansion and will repeat again and again until that expansion happens. And for that reason, I'd like to leave you with three insights. First, if we or one of our family members struggle with unexplained depression or anxiety, or phobia, or OCD, or something we can't explain. We need to shake the family tree and see what falls out. What family secrets have been hidden? What stories didn't get told? What traumas never healed all the way? It's important to know these things, especially if we or one of our children are affected with things we can't explain, struggling with symptoms, I found That if we we ignore the past, it can come back to haunt us. But if we explore it, we don't have to repeat it. We can break these destructive patterns. Number two, talk about the traumas in your family history. Try to work through them so they're not passed down to future generations. The more we know about these traumas, And the more we talk about these traumas, the more we bring relief to our children who could be struggling with symptoms and not have a clue as to what's going on. We need to identify this trauma language and link it to the event so we can break the cycle and we can heal. And lastly, thirdly, We need to heal the brain's super-efficient trauma response that keeps us stuck in a state of suffering. Ultimately, we need to have new experiences that are powerful enough to override the old trauma response that lives in us. Then we need to practice the new feelings and the new sensations of this new experience so that they can become ingrained in us and our brains can change. These can be experiences of receiving comfort or support from our ancestors, our parents once we heal this, It can be an experience of compassion for them, for us. It can be an experience of receiving or feeling gratitude, generosity, loving-kindness, especially for that part of us that's inherited this fragmentation or that got fragmented when we were young ultimately anything that allows us to feel strength and peace inside in the book i lay out these practices many of these practices so we can heal i'd like to leave you with one word one sentence biological inheritance may be a reality, but it doesn't have to be our destiny.
1: Big thanks to Mark Woolen for stopping by. If you'd like to connect with him, you can go to his website, markwoolin.com. That is also his Instagram and his book is entitled, It Didn't Start With You, How Inherited Family Trauma Shapes Who You Are and How to End the Cycle. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled, It Didn't Start With You, Mark Woollen. And I'll have links to everything I just mentioned along with a link to the entire talk, which I highly, highly recommend that you check out. It will all be in the show description below so you can go and check that out. All right, don't forget to follow the show, share it or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. I really, really appreciate you for it. And that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a balanced, rest of your day. And I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.